Welcome back to another edition of Sports Business Secrets. My name is Kevin Tarka. I am the founder of Creation Talent Agency, and I will be releasing a new podcast every single day for an entire year that is specifically designed to share the inevitable challenges of the sports business world and how to overcome them. I'm inviting you to join me in real time on my personal journey of representing professional basketball players, traveling the world, and continuously finding ways to battle through the adversity in this competitive industry. The goal is to share as many secrets as I can to help you along your own path to success. What's happening, podcast fam? Welcome back to another podcast episode of Sports Business Secrets. We're at episode 92. And guys, as always, I'm just going to start out saying thank you. We are, uh, as of today, we are 7,500 downloads of the podcast, which is amazing. And that's across 63 different countries. Unbelievable. Um, Like I said, I've I've been to uh, 35 countries. I've traveled around the world. I've been super lucky to have basketball take me to many places and still many more to come, hopefully. Um, But there are some some countries that I just I don't even know if I know anyone there yet. And places like Kyrgyzstan that have listened to my podcast. So um, super humbled by that. Hopefully people are are sharing this and and, uh, learning something all across the world, because that was obviously the point that uh, for me to start the podcast. So Back to what we're talking about today, how much money do pros make? It is a highly sought after topic. And uh, forgive me, I'm working on some cool graphics and visualizations, but um, I am only human and I can only do one thing at a time. So we're going to have to wait for that because I know there's going to be a bunch of numbers in this podcast episode. Um, But hopefully it'll give you kind of a broad point of view of how much money pros make. There are also... um, I noticed a couple, actually many different articles out there. If you Google, hey, how much money do pro basketball players make? Um, and and guys, please, please be careful with who you're trusting because uh, a lot of them are pure speculation. You know, if you want to if you want to go to one that's that's pretty solid and, and, and has a, a wide spectrum of, of salaries and uh, generalizations of the market, because it's very difficult. You can go to Brad Canis's. He did a great one. Uh, Euro Pro Basket. And uh, I actually came across um, another player that's been doing some cool YouTube videos, uh, E.K. Udenu, um, who is on Strasbourg. Um, so he's got some cool uh, YouTube videos out there. And he just he, he did one, I think, last year about, uh, you know, how much money he has made over his journey, which gives you a good, good idea um, of, of kind of behind the scenes. But, man, I, I mean, even today I was looking at some articles that are just it's just pure speculation, you know, saying things like, Spain fourth division uh, EBA you get uh, one to three thousand per month and you know those leagues are easier to get into and like that is just so far from true and you know a different article said that um, you know the the you can expect sixty five to a hundred thousand dollars if you if you dip out of the G League and go to go to overseas and it's just it's it's just so uh, so far off um, that same article actually said. You know, it, it, it was this past summer and it, and it said uh, that D League it didn't even have the updated G League players make between 12 to 24,000 per year. So just again, try not to hate on them, but, you know, whatever, they're 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 very wrong. So do some due diligence before you, um, you know, before you really trust what you read in the Internet. Anyways, let's get into it. So obviously this is going to try and be a broad generalization because there are levels to it. There are levels to everything. Um, but 
first with the NBA, uh, just really quickly, because the NBA is much more concrete with the collective bargaining agreement and salary cap. And, you know, the, the minimum salary for NBA players with zero years of experience is $898,310. Okay. And then up to the maximum contract of uh, around 40 million, I believe Steph is still the highest paid player with uh, maybe 41 or 42. Um, actually, maybe someone broke that this year, but you know, anywhere between around a million to, to, to 40 million and everything's, everything is, is, is written out in the collective bargaining agreement. So you can, you can literally check those numbers. They're not going to be, there's not, there's not going to be speculation like there is overseas. Um, and then obviously you have, you know, the, the, the two way contracts and the 10 days. And, um, I did, I did separate episodes on those that you can scroll back to and find more about that. But, um, Anyways, that's that that's for the NBA side. So most of this episode I want to talk about overseas um, because that's just where I've spent most of my time. It's kind of where my niche has been as an agent. Um, and overseas, let me tell you, it is a different beast. It is very different than uh, than 10 years ago um, or, or 15 years ago. Quite frankly, it's different than five years ago. But, you know, easily in leagues like Italy, you could make 300, 400, 500, 600K. Um, you know, Turkey was similar, if not more. Uh, I was actually just talking to somebody the other day here in Puerto Rico that said, you know, you come over for the summer league in Puerto Rico and you make a hundred K for, you know, four months of, of, of the season over here. And, and, you know, money was just flowing, right? Obviously 2008, 2009, 2012, when, you know, kind of like that, you know, the recession hit and um, countries all over the world had, had, you know, took a hit to their economy. So bas- professional basketball, the, like those budgets got, got got cut a little bit. So it's changed since then, but I'm going to start the, at, at the entry level here uh, and then kind of work our way up. So I won't get into specific team budgets and league budgets for every single country I talk about because first of all, it is, I mean, if anybody says that in, in league A, uh, X, Y, or Z, you're making X, Y, or Z amount, they are, they're wrong because the bottom half of the teams are always different than the top half in every single league around the world. Um, right. And then second of all, for the entry level specifically, it should never even be about money, right? You should, if you get a job, you better take that. You better prove it and earn it. And then you could, and then you could worry about how much money you're making. Right. So sure. A thousand dollars, $1,000 a month is very different than $3,000 or $4,000 a month, right? And, and and of course, you have to take that into consideration and every case is different. And if you have to send money back home and if you have children and all that different stuff, right? But all of that aside, right? If that 1K a month job or 1.2K a month job is in uh, you know, a second division of Spain, let's just say because something opens up, that is five times better than going to Qatar or, or Bahrain for 3.4 thousand per month, right? And again, nothing against those places, but in the big picture, that stuff matters in regards to the scope of your career and, and taking stepping stones and, and, and the leagues that people uh, respect and, and look for their players from because all the local talent matters and, and you know, the film matters and the stats matter, all that stuff matters, right? So the following leagues here, uh, the, the first tier I'm going to go over is kind of like those those really entry level leagues that you know you can rookies should look for and and not just rookies but those entry level level leagues that are that are respected but you know the salaries are rather low so um, the the first tier is going to be anywhere between you know five or six hundred bucks a month and and two thousand dollars a month generally speaking now 
obviously, I, I would say the average is around 1,200 a month. Um, but I, I've had a client that's taken a lot less than that. Um, and I've had a client that's taken a lot more than that, right? So it always depends on the team. But those are places like Portugal, uh, Luxembourg, Austria, Germany Pro B, um, and all those different places had to have different rules about the imports, obviously. And you can go back to another episode to hear about the imports in different places. But those are the types of leagues for like entry level that you can expect to make, you know, around a thousand bucks a month, maybe two thousand bucks a month. And and if you go there and you do well, then okay, you can get a little bit of an increase and maybe take a step up in the league or a step up, you know, to another division that's, um, you know, in a different country close by. So the next tier is usually between 1.5 and 3,000 a month. And those are leagues like Finland, Sweden, Belgium, Germany Pro A, Spain, Leb Gold, Netherlands. Now, again, in some of those leagues, you you can get up to four, maybe 5,000 per month, but that's for very few and far in between. And obviously, this this season is you know all salaries are are, are cut a little bit but you know f- leagues like Finland uh, and Sweden um, are, are are very good very good stepping stone leagues and you know leagues like Belgium have international cup teams in them and Germany Pro A is is a good feeder uh, potentially into Germany BBL and Spain Leb Gold is one of the second one of the best second divisions in the world, you know, top 10 second divisions in the world. And, you know, the Netherlands have some FIBA Europe cup teams and, um, you know, you have to take that into consideration, but that tier is usually between, you know, 2000, 3000 a month. Um, and then taking the steps up from there, these are leagues that usually generally speaking, rookies are very difficult to get to these leagues, but it's leagues like Switzerland, Hungary, Poland, pro B France, which is the second division of France, Serie uh, uh, A2 Italy, which is second division of Italy, right? These are leagues that, and, and, and all those leagues aren't on the same exact level, but these are leagues that usually, you know, players will get between 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, 8,000 a month, and then all the way up to six figures, right? All the way up to 100,000 a month. That's why it's very difficult to, you know, put them put them in the same category because it's like apple, comparing apples to oranges, right? But, um, you know, there are teams in, this, in the second division of Italy that are working their wage, way towards Serie A Italy um, that are super talented and have salaries of 120K. Um, and then there are teams in that same exact league that, you know, that have 19, 20, 21, 22,000 dollar salaries for local players. So it's it's very it's very um, like I said, the entire time I'm going to be speaking during this episode, the 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 salaries have a large spectrum. Um, and then from there, you know, then then you're taking steps up, and you're talking about guys that have proved it or um, guys that have been playing for a while that have continued to to get better at basketball and, and stay consistent, um, or potentially. NBA resume guys or undrafted players that, you know, might go to a team that has a little bit lower budget than everywhere else in the league, but it's a high level, right? So um, these are, these, these leagues that I'm about to say typically will have mostly six figure contracts. So that's, and these are like the best leagues in the world, Spain, ACB, Germany, BBL, Turkey, Superliga, France, Jeep Elite, which is pro A, um, Italy, Serie A. VTB League, Israel, Greece, those are some of the best leagues in the world overseas. And and you, especially the imports, you're, it's very rare to find um, salaries that are not in the six figures. Now, again, there are some outliers like 
Germany BBL, for example. I mean, last year, I remember talking to a GM that was looking for a, a combo guard with a little bit of experience for 35000 for the year. So that's very different than six figures. Very different, right? But again, there's levels to it. So you have to understand that and you have to take that into consideration when you're a player and or an agent thinking, okay, where's my next step going to be? Do I take a job for 50K in a country that's less respected or I do, do I take a, in quote, step back and go to a middle or bottom tier team in Germany BBL, but get to compete against two EuroLeague teams and, and basketball Champions League teams and FIBA Europe Cup teams, right? And, and get to prove it against them. So maybe in that second year, I would be at a higher place and I could earn that higher salary than if I was in that other place for maybe a little bit more money in the first year, if that makes sense, right? So um, again, th- those are some of the best leagues in the world. Now outside, and and, and those are Europe, right? So outside of Europe, you have obviously China, uh, Australia, Japan, you know, China, you have million dollar contracts and China, I would say, generally speaking, is, is the highest paid league in the entire world outside the NBA. Um, you have NBA stars that go there from Stefan Marbury uh, to Jimmer for debt. And then, you know, a lot of guys that have played in the Euro League that have that have proved themselves for several years, making hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not close to millions of dollars. Then they go to China. Um, you know, Australia is not quite as as lucrative of contracts yet, but it's probably one of the most underrated up and coming talented leagues in the entire world. Um, you know, I would even make an argument that going there versus going to some places in Europe would be a better stepping stone to get to the NBA. Like you've seen guys do recently, um, like Tate to, uh, Jay Sean Tate to the Rockets. And obviously LaMelo went there for the rising stars program. Um, but Australia is another great league, Japan, six figures for sure. Um, there are some, and they have three divisions and there are some teams that I talked to. I remember last summer that had close to six figures in the second and third division too in Japan. Um, you know, you have Korea. And if you want to learn a little bit more about the Korean league, you can listen to an episode I did with my guy, Tyler Gatlin, um, a couple of months ago. But, um, you know, the Korean league is six figures as well. So, so those, they look for guys that have some experience, some, you know, versatile big guys and, um, they're they're probably one of the one of the most respected places outside of Europe that you can go to um, in, in terms of getting paid on time, professionalism, you know, talented imports. Right. So, uh, again, th- those were I mean, this is really the 30,000 of view. It's difficult to talk about how much money every single player makes across the world in one podcast episode. But I wanted to give you kind of tiers and and just um, a spectrums of what players make overseas because one of the things that gets you know lights a fire under my ass is when people are saying yeah you know uh, when i read an article that says oh go overseas make 65 to 100k on average like no that is not the case i mean okay sure if you've played a couple years in the nba or if you're you know top 15 in scoring in the g league yeah maybe if if you hit the right place at the right time right but if you're a college guy and you're not on the nba radar and you're not a draft uh, potential guy or you haven't played in the g league you better be ready to get those entry level leagues for a thousand bucks a month and earn your way up because it is not as sexy as you think it is. It is not as easy as anybody thinks it is, right? You got everybody that's, that's, that's writing articles and tweeting things that, um, you know, they just, they have no idea. They, they, they've been staying in the States the whole time that they've never been overseas and met with teams that actually, you know, seen a contract. Right. And that's again, not the hate on everyone, but I, I just, it gets me frustrated when people think that they know things that they haven't gone through. So you have to really be careful with what you read on the internet and what people are saying about the speculation overseas, because, you know, first of all, uh, it, it changes so often, but second of all, you know, one year it can be, 
it can be a, a $40 million, million dollar budget and then they can lose one sponsor and that team can go to a $20 million budget. And I'm talking like a EuroLeague team, right? And that's that, that's pretty much the highest budget that a EuroLeague team has. That's like, you know, $40 million budgets are like Barcelona, um, Cheska Moscow, Real Madrid, Fenerbahce, around there. Um, and then, you know, all the way down to like eight, nine, 10, 11 million for other EuroLeague teams. So, um, that, and, and that's total budget. That's not just player salaries. So I know I've been throwing a lot of numbers at you. Um, I was kind of going on a, a, a long rant there. This is a little bit longer episode than I wanted to do. Uh, I will be coming out with more of a, maybe I'll do a blog post or, or some sort of graphical re- representation, um, of, of the different salaries per leagues. But like I said, it's unfortunately something that you have to continuously monitor, um, every single season, if not during the season, because you got teams that just, operate on a different business model where if they lose a, a sponsor, their budgets get, get cut. You know, you had a couple of teams fold in the middle of the year, in the middle of the season this year. Right. So it's, it, it's just, it, it's really difficult to track. Um, but when you're reading about that stuff and comparing different teams in different leagues, just, just understand that uh, you have to do due diligence and you have to get it from the right source. So hopefully you learned a little bit about how much money players make overseas Today, um, and if this was a, a surprise to you and you're an aspiring player, an aspiring pro, uh, hope you're getting back in the gym and working on your game because there are there's not a lot of money out there uh, until you get to the top, top, top level. So you better be willing to sacrifice. You better be willing to play this game for many years in order to make a little bit of money doing playing the game that you love to play. So thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you here tomorrow morning. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Sports Business Secrets. If you heard something today that you liked but made you realize you're still curious and you might want to learn more, head on over to www.sportsagentsecrets.com. If you've been listening to my podcast from the beginning, you're probably aware that some of this stuff is not really talked about and there's plenty of information that stays behind the curtain. Well, my goal is to peel back that curtain and dive into the things that are left untalked about. I just launched the first of many online courses to come, and the first course is designed to teach the basics of being a sports agent. I base the curriculum on everything that I've learned so far in my career, from how to get your foot in the door to roles and responsibilities to types of contracts and how agents make money and much more. Really looking forward to sharing with you all the information I wish I had when I was just getting started. So again, head on over to sportsagentsecrets.com to check it out.